You're not happy about this, are you? 70,000 credits for a second-hand light jumper. Look around the sales floor. We can't afford to buy a brand new one. I really like the model with the electrochromatic mirrors over there. Again, super cool, but fiscally irresponsible. We can finance it. We don't have collateral. Uh, how much is Aaron worth? Why would you even say that? You're right. I'm just anxious. Let's grab a drink. They offer free mini cocktails here. It says for tier three patrons only. What tier are we? Doesn't matter. If we're spending 70,000 credits, we're getting drinks. Two sparkle spritzers with a charred lemon. Extra sparkle. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy there. Don't go telling everyone in creation where we're going. It's just a drink. Here, take one. That's got a sparkly kick to it. It was my drink of choice when I was coming home from a late night of work. Doing cryo-maintenance? I would know since we're partners. No, no, before all that. Whoa, 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 wait. Are you finally going to tell me what you did before you were a Torpor tech? Eh, I would need a few more of these before I could travel back that far. Uh, another round, please? Yeah, extra sparkle. You know, that salesperson is taking quite some time with the paperwork. Well, look who's anxious now. Oh, look over there. Someone ordered a plate of mussels. Yeah, what about it? One of those isn't a mussel. Um, excuse me? Matt, you can't interrupt their business luncheon. <laughs> a thousand apologies. Uh, this right here isn't edible. Believe me, someone has tried. Congrats on finding another surrendabite. I didn't even tell you it was a surrendabite. You didn't have to. That's the only thing in creation that would make you plunge your paws into someone's meal. I was doing them a favor, actually. It's not edible. Well, neither is a fork. However, the vast majority of the civil world has learned not to consume it with their food. Now, if the fork was edible... Are you done? <sighs> you know, this drink is really good. Yeah, I'm done. Play the surrendabite. <laughs> Vacuum cleaners were not horse-drawn. They were. In the early days, the vacuum cleaners were so big that a team of horses had to drag it along. And I'm sure that the horses got everything dirty in the process. That's not what I meant. I mean, like, horses don't have thumbs, so how can they draw things? Wait, wait a second. Are you actually arguing that vacuum cleaners were not drawn by horses? Yes. Of course they were. A person drew up the prototype for the vacuum cleaner. I don't know what we're fighting about anymore. And we're back, uh, broadcasting from our studio on the pale blue dot we call Earth. We've got a great short for you today. That's right, Matt. Today we talk about those delicious adult beverages, cocktails. Cocktails. Now, Elsa Maxwell, American gossip columnist and author, you may know her well as an American gossip columnist and author. Well to the max. Mm -hmm, well to the max. Cocktails are society's most enduring invention. A cocktail may be defined as a 1988 movie starring Tom Cruise. No, 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 not, not the movie. Oh, so the name of the old horsetail shortening of yore? What? 
No, the alcoholic mixed drink. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, a cocktail may be defined as an alcoholic mixed drink. I get it. Yeah, the name itself likely comes from one of the origins in uh, the English mispronunciation of the French word for an egg cup, uh, coquetier, which is correctly pronounced cocktail. <laughs> I think that's all right. <laughs> I don't know. The Maybe. one time you didn't read ahead. <laughs> there was also an apothecary from New Orleans who served bitters with brandy in these egg cups. Now, another theory comes from horse racing. Horses that were not thoroughbred would often have their tail cut in such a fashion that it would stand up, resembling hind feathers of a rooster or a cocktail. The connection from the horse to the drink comes from the fact that the horses with cocktails seemed more energetic and fun, like a cocktail compared to a simple spirit at the time. The other possibility within the theory is that the cocktail horses were impure or a mixture, just like an alcoholic cocktail. <laughs> just like an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Those alcoholics in their impure blood. You're an impure mixture. <laughs> alcoholic mudbloods. <laughs> of blood and alcohol. <laughs> The third theory, and the one we think is most accurate, is that when a barrel of spirits is nearly finished, the bottom of the barrel, which is the worst quality of the, the spirit, the tail from our whiskey episode, mm-hmm, would be mixed with other barrels and sold at a discounted price in taverns. This mixed bottom of the barrel, the swill, if you will, uh, was called the tailings, and the spout of these barrels were called cocks. Oh, so a cock. tail from a cock? Or yeah, a cocktail. Cocktail. Yeah, there you go. Now, the first actual mention of the name cocktail comes from a weekly paper called The Farmer's Cabinet in 1803. Cocktails continue to slowly gain popularity up to 1920 in the U.S. when came to a screeching halt with Prohibition. Mm-hmm. Actually, they didn't come to a screeching halt. It just went underground. Yeah. They were <laughs> then, anything else, they got livelier, yeah. but like in just in you know, quieter settings. Right. And they possibly became even more popular as a drink choice due to wine and beer being very difficult to find due to prohibition, as well as the illegal moonshine trade and the poor quality spirits that came along with that. Oh, I miss those days of bathtub gin. <laughs> do you? Do you though? <laughs> I bet you got really clean washing it out. This is juniper berries and lye. Oh, God. <laughs> now, the 1960s saw a decline in cocktail popularity with a resurgence of cocktails in the 2000s. Back in my day, uh, bartending, we had a uh, Little books to help us bartend, but now all these fancy schmancy bartenders, you just look it up on Google, on the interwebs, with just a few keystrokes, you lucky jerks. Have you ever had a cocktail from Death & Company? No, never heard of Death & Company. So Death & Company is one of my favorite cocktail bars in New York City, downtown Manhattan, Lower East Side. Oh, I'll check that out. And it's touted as one of the best bars in the world for bespoke cocktails. This is one of those places where if you can make it there, you can go anywhere else. You essentially have... (laughs) (laughs) So if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere? Exactly, yeah. New York, New York. The cocktails there are interesting because they do have a menu fashioned based on different types of categories, but they will do special cocktails for you depending on your mood, on your preferences. They say, like, I want something dark, stormy, with bitters... And they're like, yeah, we'll take care of it. Or like, I want something light, airy, bubbly with foam. And they're like, yeah, we got that. I did that when I was bartending. But they have like more of like a, I don't know. like They a, probably have more toys and things. Yeah, like yeah. more gadgets and gizmos in order to uplift the cocktail. I didn't even have a muddler at one of the bars I worked at. <laughs> but do you know how much like some of the cocktails can cost? Oh, Lord. Probably tens, 
dozens, hundreds. Tens of dollars. Tens of dollars. Well, I mean, $30 for a cocktail is kind of expensive. Yeah, so, I mean, in New York itself, it'll average between, I would say, 15 to $25 for, like, high-end cocktails. Just in general in New York? Just in general. What, what about this bar? So, in this bar, um, it's actually well-priced at, um, uh, like, 17 to 22 Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you laughed at me for tens of dollars. It was tens of dollars. $22. Tens of dollars. <laughs> Back in my day. Yeah. We counted that could have bought you a house. Now, Edgar Guest, a British-born American poet, said, Life is like a cocktail, made up for the most part of sweet things and tinged with a dash of bitters. We must drain it to the dregs to get at the cherry, just as we must live a full and rounded life to know all its pleasures. As far as when drinks with a hard spirit and other mix and such uh, as bitters and sugars began, we're not really sure. The first publication of How to Mix Cocktails was written in 1862. It was called the Bon Vivant Companion, or How to Mix Drinks, and included recipes for punches, sours, toddies, and others with a specific section for cocktails. Now, cocktails traditionally consisted of four ingredients, the spirit, of course, Sugar, water, and bitters. This was such a tradition that this is why the famous old-fashioned is called the old-fashioned. Because it's old-fashioned. One of the OG cocktails from that time. OF. Mm-hmm. Old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah, there you go. By the end of the 1800s, drink mixers began adding other ingredients as well as calling other established drinks with different ingredients than the main four cocktails, too. Now, old-fashioned, of course, still conforms to only four ingredients, um, the term highball refers to a single spirit and a single mixer, such as a 7 and 7, a G&T, or a screwdriver. So I actually didn't know that. I didn't think it was only a, a one-on-one. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. there are tons of drinks that are just one-on-one, like a Tom Collins, just mm-hmm. gin and sweet and sour. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Wilde, Irish poet and playwright, had said, hear no evil, speak no evil, and you won't be invited to cocktail parties. <laughs> like that one. That's yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't discuss cocktails without mentioning the origins of the cocktail party. The first party was hosted by Julius S. Marsh in St. Louis, Mrs. Missouri. Mrs. Missouri. Missouri, not Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, in 1970. The party's still going. <laughs> I put MS. I should have put, I should have spelled out Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. 1917. She invited 50 <laughs> guests. St. Louis, to her house. Alaska. <laughs> They sat around drinking for an hour before lunch was served at 1 p.m. Now, that's my kind of cocktail party. Mm -hmm. Getting blasted in the middle of the afternoon. Now we chat concerning cocktail certainties. That one didn't quite work. The seas were soft. They just need a good stiff drink. All righty then. Okay. The oldest bar in the world predates cocktails by around 700 years. It's located in Athlone, Ireland, built around 900 AD. Is it still standing? Still going. The oldest bar in the U.S. dates to 1673. America. America. It's known as the White Horse Tavern. Have you ever been there? The White Horse Tavern? I've heard a lot of people talk about it, yeah. That's in New York. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, We can't go a whole episode about cocktails either without mentioning the cocktail umbrella the origin of which is not certain but it is tied to don beach and his restaurant in hollywood california but it's also tied to harry yee of hawaii both have stories associated with using the umbrella first and there's even a third theory that they met and discussed the ideas before each utilizing the adorable little toothpicks now there was a cocktail created in las vegas during the testing of the atomic bomb that was meant to complement the experience. <laughs> I need a drink if I watch a nuclear bomb go off, I think. Right? It's made of vodka, cognac, sherry, champagne, 
and a twist of orange zest. Sounds pretty good, honestly. Yeah, I would try that. Yeah. I mean, if this was your last cocktail on earth before the bomb went off. <laughs> Mushroom cloud. Chug, chug, chug. <laughs> yeah, I'll take two. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll tip. <laughs> the famous American author Ernest Hemingway created his own cocktail he dubbed Death in the Afternoon. It's made with absinthe and champagne. I think I would try that too. Do you like absinthe? I do like absinthe, yeah. but like I, I prefer it as a mix. Like by itself, like it's got like too much of a strong like licorice flavor to it. Yeah. Which I mean like is great in like small doses, but like you got to mellow it out a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Until a few years ago, mixed drinks made in bars and restaurants in Utah Uda. had to be made behind a curtain known as a Zion curtain. It was supposed to ward off over drinking. Hmm. Uh, the screwdriver is named after the fact that oil workers in the Persian Gulf would slip vodka into their orange juice. Now, they didn't have anything to stir the concoction like a spoon, so they would use their screwdriver. Hmm. Now, you ever heard of a sour toe cocktail? This is disgusting, by the way. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's preserved. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. They keep it in and salt. I, 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 I kind of want to do it, but it's still disgusting. All right, go ahead. So it's a real thing, and <laughs> it's a real club. Two brothers, uh, the Lincoln brothers, were smuggling booze in the 20s. One of them put his foot through an ice patch and froze the foot solid, and to prevent gangrene, his brother cut off a toe with an axe. This is a true story. The toe was placed in a jar of alcohol, and from there, it was preserved. Uh, it was supposedly later found by the founder of the Sour Toe Cocktail Club uh, that has but one membership requirement to drink a shot with the toe inside with the stipulation, you can drink it fast, you can drink it slow, but your lips must touch the gnarly toe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they've also kept it in like a, a jar of salt, too, in order to preserve it further. Yeah. Now, sadly, a visitor to the town where the toe shots reside purposefully swallowed a toe and then was run out of the town. What kind of idiot? <laughs> like, on a dare or anything. Purposefully. I mean, just, yeah, open your mouth and swallow a, t- a human toe. That's cannibalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, there's one toe left. It's just <laughs> being used an awful oh. lot. <laughs> a lot of toe club members. Mm-hmm. In the U.S. Club alone, <laughs> there are 185,000 margaritas drunk every hour. That's a lot. That's, that is a lot. I tossed back some margaritas on my recent vacation. Not going to lie. Shots, 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 shots. shots. Everybody. Three seconds. Now, we absolutely detest drinking and driving. It's possibly one of the most selfish acts you can perform as a human being. If you get caught drunk behind the wheel in El Salvador, by the way, uh, they will give you the death penalty. So think about that. Mm -hmm. Now, there's an award-winning cocktail that tastes like money. Literally, it tastes like paper. Legend has it that a staple cocktail got its name from a prank in which friends would lead the victim from bar to bar looking for someone looking for someone who had been going through around town dragging the victim's name through the mud. They were looking for Tom Collins. Hmm. Tommy Collins. Tommy Collins. I will leave you with a quote from Bernard DeVoto, an American historian and essayist. Essayist. Essay. He said, when evening quickens in the street, comes a pause in the day's occupation that is known as the cocktail hour. Drink responsibly. Party on. And that's our short. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we exist within the universe. And the universe exists within ourself. We're all the stuff of stars. So have a stellar day, everyone. And thanks for stopping by our corner of the cosmos. 
This has been the Mid-Flight Crisis Podcast. You can support important spaceship repairs and maintenance by subscribing to the Mid-Flight Crisis Patreon page. We'd love to hear your suggestions about the show and future topics, and we appreciate your support, ratings, and reviews. This endeavor isn't possible without amazing listeners like you. Thanks for sharing your space and time with us. We'll see you on our next adventure. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop us a line at intrepidtransfer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.